Can't drive through him. Are you serious? Just keep going! <laughs> All right, people, we are live from the swamp. That's right, we are in Washington, D.C. I'm still Dave Rubin. This is still the Rubin Report. We are coming to you an hour later than usual. We flew in the whole team. We just got here about an hour ago. Uh, we were working on the show on the plane and early this morning. We have put together a fine program for you and we are here for three days. Uh, that's right, over the course of the next three days we have reached out to all sorts of people in politics. Political people. Republicans, Democrats, Senators, congressmen, et cetera, et cetera. We got a whole bunch of interviews that I'll be doing over the course of the next three days from this very studio. Uh, we're also gonna be doing, obviously, the, the normal live show that we're doing right now. And uh, as an interesting note, I am putting this out into the universe right now because maybe something good will come back if I put this out. Uh, we've reached out to about, I don't know, about a dozen Republicans, about a dozen Democrats. Uh, every single Republican that we reached out to uh, responded to us and responded positively. We're still in the process of scheduling some of the things. Only one Republican said no, but every other Republican said yes, and we're working out all the details on that. Uh, we did not get one response from a Democrat. So it's not that they said no, they didn't even respond. Uh, and we went through all the proper channels. So we are trying, you know, I know one of the big things right now is everyone's fearing, you know, we just continue to go off into our own worlds, our own echo chambers, all that stuff. And, and these paths that we seem to be on, which in a, in a United States of America should be something like this, or at least a little bit like this, they're going like that instead. But we are trying, I wanna have those conversations. And, and I wanna be clear, if you are a, a representative for Ilhan Omar or uh, AOC or Rashida Tlaib or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or Elizabeth Warren or any of these people, Bernie Sanders that we've reached out to, uh, yes, have I been rough on you guys? Sure. Uh, do I hide that? No. Will I treat you with absolute respect and uh, conduct an interview in the same manner uh, with you as I would with someone who I happen to agree with more? I absolutely would. So I'm here. I got a chair, I got another chair, I got a table, we got coffee and refreshments. And if you are a Democrat watching this, uh, or you are someone who supports a Democrat, uh, maybe uh, ping your congressman or congresswoman or senator and see if we can get some of them, some of them in here. But in the meantime, we're gonna get to a, a normal, regular Rubin Report show, again, live from the swamp. Uh, and basically what we're gonna be doing today is talking about that blueprint that we've been talking about for a while, right? Ron DeSantis in Florida obviously sort of has this blueprint, not sort of, actually has this blueprint for America. There is a way to do this thing right and it does not come top down, it comes bottom up, it starts at the states and it, you can see it, it's happening right now. It is being replicated across the nation right now. It, it's quite beautiful. There are a whole bunch of wins to see and then we'll get into some general political fighting and uh, much more. So here we go with the big show. Uh, first off, uh, one of the reasons that we're here this week is because Congress is in session. So basically everybody's here. That's why we came here because we were like, look, we don't wanna just come on an off week when you never know who's in DC. Everyone's here. One of the things 
that Congress is voting on right now over the last couple of days is the Republicans presented a parental rights in education bill. And it really is modeled off of what Ron DeSantis has been doing for the last year in Florida, that basically we shouldn't have state employees, teachers talking to kids about sex, that you shouldn't be talking about gender theory with kids who aren't old enough to understand it, that there should be transparency in education, that remember when you went to the zoo with school in fourth grade, you had to have a parental slip, your parents had to sign something or you couldn't go, that there should just be more transparency. And as I often say, uh, the Democrats seem to love everything trans except transparency. Uh, so they're freaking out about this bill because they apparently want teachers to be able to uh, give kids other names and hide it from the parents and a bunch of other weird stuff, encourage them to chop off genitals, etc. cetera. Uh, so here's AOC on the floor of Congress freaking out about parental rights in education. And yes, she uses the F word. They are asking the Republican Party to keep culture wars out of classrooms. Our children need urgent and aggressive educational solutions. The American Library Association coming out against this Republican proposal. When we talk about progressive values, I can say what my progressive value is, and that is freedom over fascism. Thank the you very much. The time has expired. The gentleman from... Oh, Lord, AOC, I can't believe I'm in the same vicinity. Like, we're within a mile of each other right now. But again, if you come into this room, I promise you, and I really do mean it, I would treat you with respect. Uh, but this new line that the Democrats are using over and over, you can see the way the machine always changes the truth, right? I always tell you, truth is a time-release pill, and then the, the machine always has a way of sort of manipulating it. Uh, this new line the Democrats are using, they brought the culture wars in meaning that somehow it's the Republicans, because they're pushing back against wokeism, are the ones who started this thing. Uh, actually, nobody was for any of this stuff. These bills wouldn't have been necessary if it wasn't for the last decade of you guys sexualizing children, of you guys pushing neo-racism uh, and anti-racism, anti which is actually racism, on kids and the litany of other things that you are possible, that, that you guys are constantly doing, right? I mean, this is, we know they do this. So somehow, if you push against it, then that's the real instigator of the culture war. Actually, it's just putting a door with a lock on it and saying, how about no more of that? But they lie about everything. You know they lie about everything. And, and truly, although I would treat AOC with respect, I would play that clip. I'll play this. AOC, you're in town. I'll go to the Capitol later and wander around. Maybe we'll see you. Uh, but I would play her that clip and say, do you know the definition of fascism? Because she seems to think that uh, well, first off, the fact that she even says the word freedom, that the word freedom can come out of her mouth is crazy because she doesn't believe in freedom. She believes in state-sponsored power. But here she is saying she believes in freedom over fascism. I don't think she knows what fascism is. Fascism uh, certainly is not parents having a little bit of insight into what their kids are learning, what state employees are teaching their kids. Uh, transparency, I thought that would be a progressive value, but seemingly secrecy seems to be a progressive value. But speaking of progressive values, another progressive value of the day is outright lying about everything. Here's Democrat leader Hakeem Jeffries saying Republicans don't want kids to learn about the Holocaust. Extreme MAGA Republicans don't want the children of America to learn about the Holocaust. No, like not true. That's not in any bill. 
It's being taught in every single state in America. Most states have laws requiring that the Holocaust be taught. But this is what they do. They try to scare the hell out of you about everything. Absolutely everything. So we thought, I said, Phoenix, can we actually tell the people what's in this parental rights and education bill? We've already been through this with HB 1557 in Florida, which they call don't say gay, even though the word gay wasn't in it. Uh, but I thought, okay, this is a bill that could be going nationwide. Could we get some facts on that? And he said, yes, yes, we can. So we've got some info from the Daily Wire. The House of Representatives, in a virtually straight party line vote, passed the Parents' Bill of Rights, uh, the Parent, sorry, the Parents' Bill of Rights bill on Friday. Democrats unanimously opposed the measure. They were joined by five Republicans. The bill states that parents should have the right to review and make copies of, at no cost, the curriculum of their child's school, which should be publicly available. The right to a list of books and other reading materials available in the library of their child's school. The right to inspect such books or other reading materials. And the right to know if a school employee or contractor acts to change a minor child's gender markers, pronouns, or preferred name, or allow a child to change the child's sex-based accommodations, including locker rooms or bathrooms. You guys really need to understand this. They are the ones that fear transparency. The bill is just so that you as a parent would know what your kid is learning. You know, anyone that's been to college, you get a syllabus at the beginning of the year, right? And in that syllabus, it says, here's what we're gonna learn over the course of the next six months. Here's the reading material. Here's the, these days, the information maybe you're gonna have to download or an app you're gonna have to download. Here's what we're gonna be doing in this class. They don't hide, that's college level. They don't hide that information and only parse it out throughout the year in weird ways. We are talking about state employees with kids that are four, five, six, seven, eight years old, and now they're pushing this into high school, and we can have an honest debate about when or if sex and gender and all of those things should be taught in high schools and who that should be left up to and everything else. That's a separate debate here. But the simple, absolutely simple truth is every single Democrat just voted against the parents of America. That means that they think that superintendents and school boards and people who have nothing to do with these kids, other than in many cases just there to indoctrinate them. I mean, you've seen all these videos of teachers that are, that are outright saying they are trying to indoctrinate these kids and, and change their thought processes away from what their parents might want. Uh, they fear that. They fear that the parents might know what's going on. So every Democrat voted against this thing, and five Republicans. I'd love to get the name of those five Republicans. Uh, so look, it, this will be, you know how it works. The, what's the mainstream media gonna do? The Republicans were trying to pass some evil bill that had something to do with being mean to gay people and not teaching the Holocaust and everything else, but it simply had nothing to do with that. But we do a rinse, uh, repeat cycle with the, uh, with the lies that the Democrats put out there. But on the, po on the positive note, the Republicans are in charge of the House right now. And what have I been saying for a while? I sense the Republicans are starting to show teeth. They are starting to say, we will not just go on this endless dissent to hell with you guys. We're going to pass 
some bills that make sense. And here's Kevin McCarthy, new House Majority Leader. I'm going to be interviewing him tomorrow at the Capitol in front of a live audience, uh, celebrating the passage of the Parental Rights Bill. You now have a say in your kids' education. You have to get the warning there's any violence on the campus, you get to know where the money is being spent, you need to get to know what the reading materials are, and you get to protect your children's privacy as well. I just want to thank Julia Letlow, Chairwoman Fox for their work on this, and for all the members for helping putting this across the line, and for the American public to trust us with the majority, and we're keeping our promise to you, our commitment to America, that the parents will have a say in their kids' education. The parents will have a say in their kids' education. Look, guys, we can have an honest debate. I know we can do it. I, I know most people can't. We can have an honest debate about what role the government should have in education. You know, what's blowing up right now is more and more homeschooling pods, people that are just taking their kids out of the system altogether because people have just had it with this nonsense, right? You send your kid to school. Let, let's forget five-year-olds. Let's say fourth grade. So fourth grade, what are you, about 11 years old, something like that, 10 years old? Like, you're not, you're not just a child child, you're certainly a child at that age, uh, but what, what do you want a fourth grader to learn? You might want them to learn math and, and division, you might want them to learn the beginnings of history, like a little bit of that stuff. But what, just think about it, putting aside your feelings about trans stuff or anything else, what, what is the role of education in your child's life? And especially if that's gonna be state education. So. I don't think it has anything to do with teaching your child about pronouns or trying to teach your child that they are racist because of the color of their skin or that kid over there has more worth and should get a job more easily. This is a complete undoing of everything that is American. And the Republicans are standing up against it and the Democrats are all in on it. It's not only that they're all in on it, they're lying about it. Hakeem Jeffries saying we're not gonna teach about the Holocaust and AOC calling it fascism. It's just extraordinary. But they are gonna keep doing that. And you know why they're gonna keep doing that? Because they don't have truth behind them. And the Republicans are starting to rack up wins. This is good. I know guys, a lot of shows go by and even though I try to end them on that, that sort of white pill, that silver lining, it's like there are wins happening that I don't have to wait to the end of the show to get to today. Kevin McCarthy tweeted this out. Wins are happening right now. House Republicans are keeping our commitment and changing Congress. And he listed out some of the things that they've done. They've repealed the 87,000 IRS agents, allowed for open amendments, nullified DC's soft on crime law, ended proxy voting for Congress, passed the Parents' Bill of Rights, created a China Select Committee. So they are doing the stuff we asked. Parents' rights, good. Getting rid of these 87,000 IRS agents, the government that prints money relentlessly is always looking for more of your money. Getting rid of them, looking into China. Like good things are happening. But the question is why? Why is it happening now, finally? And how are they actually doing it? And dare I say, while I sit here in DC, not in the sunny, lovely, free state of Florida, that it has something to do with that Florida blueprint. We've been doing it so right in Florida, and I say we as a, as a Floridian now, but Florida was doing it right even before me, which is why I moved there. Uh, that now it is being blueprinted across the country. Uh, so let's go back uh, to a little bit of how that blueprint came to be. Uh, you may remember this uh, speech. We played a little bit of this a while back. Uh, this is Ron DeSantis on Inauguration Day about two months ago, uh, plainly laying out what that Florida blueprint for freedom is. We have embraced freedom 
We have maintained law and order. We have protected the rights of parents. We have respected our taxpayers, and we reject woke ideology. We fight the woke in the legislature. We fight the woke in the schools. We fight the woke in the corporations. We will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. You get chills up the spine. Florida is where woke goes to die. Well, it gets stupider. It really does, because not only do they lie about everything, but then these ridiculous organizations like the NAACP, which used to be good, right? They were good organizations that were out there that were fighting for true equality and that were fighting for free speech and American values, but they become, all of these organizations, they become patently lefty, progressive, whack job uh, nonprofits. So the NAACP, you are not gonna believe this one if you have not heard about it, they have issued a warning to black people not to visit Florida. Uh, yes, that's right, and a reporter asked the governor about it over the weekend. Yes, one more. Uh, governor, uh, the Florida chapter of the NC, uh, NAACP uh, voted yesterday uh, to ask the national branch to issue a travel advisory for black Americans you know, advising them not to come into Florida over uh, the AP African-American history controversy. What a joke. As well as the DEI. Uh, what a joke. Yeah, we'll see how we'll see how effective that is. You know, just remember, during COVID, the, these people would be on CNN, all this stuff, slamming Florida, saying we were so bad, don't go to Florida. And then they would end up being spotted on the beach somewhere, vacationing in Florida. So this is just ridiculous. I mean... Okay, yes, you guys get it's patently ridiculous. I should note that I had lunch with a black friend in Miami on Saturday. We both had grouper sandwiches. Actually, it sounds like a joke. A black guy and a gay guy walk into a restaurant in Florida. Nobody attacked us. It was, nope, we didn't get banned or punched. DeSantis didn't send out his goons. Black guy, don't talk about racism. Gay guy, don't get married. It's all so Stupid, but the media loves the nonsense. And now let me prove how the media loves the nonsense. What's one of the things I say to you guys all the time, the media launders the lies. And, and one of the ways they launder the lies is they, they accept Democrat and leftist framing of everything. So as you know, HB 1557 in Florida was a parental rights and education bill, just so you would have a sense of what's going on. You send your kid I, as a new father, you know, I've got almost, now Justin's almost eight, Luke's almost six months now, eight, eight months and six months. It's like, you're, these are these little precious creatures. When I can only imagine what it'll be like one day when I put them on that bus or drop them off or whatever it might be. Uh, where in Florida, I'll probably be, be able to send them to a, to a public school because Florida's doing it right. But the idea of, okay, at 7 a.m. I'm putting them on this bus and now I don't see them till 3 p.m. These people are caretakers for your children. They are not supposed to be, be inflicting insanity on their minds, but that's what we've allowed. And listen to how they frame this. You guys know the word gay was not in this. There was nothing about don't say gay. They are not stopping gay parents from sending their kid to school. It has nothing about not respecting anyone. It mostly was about making sure that parents would know what's going on. But the Democrats and the, and the mainstream media 
they control the narrative together. So here's ABC's Martha Raddatz. She's considered a reputable journalist. But note she doesn't say HB 1557 or talk about uh, parental rights in education or transparency in education. She calls it Don't Say Gay and she tries to link it to scary Ron DeSantis 2024. DeSantis, let's go back to Florida here. Yeah. He announced an expansion of the controversial uh, lock Don't Say Gay to all grades yeah. now. Is that I mean, going to help him? This is, a, this is a fight he is intentionally picking. We have seen him use the governor's office for these kind of set plays to be able to pick and choose a, a slice of a, a Republican culture war that he wants to see the friendly media, that he wants to get on Fox News, and that's how he's raised his profile away from those other challengers. But it has also got him into trouble. Oh, man, you see what I mean about rinse and repeat, guys? First off, she doesn't, she uses the don't say gay name of it, right? She doesn't explain what it is. And then the, the guy that's talking there, it's the Republican culture war. It's exactly what AOC did before. It's always the Republicans because they're pushing back. Republicans pounce. They're always pouncing, these people. It's just so nonsensical, but it continues. Mainstream media, and the other thing mainstream media does when they're laundering the lies, they take disgraced people. So Donna Brazil, you remember Donna Brazil, she was the head of the Democrat National Convention. Uh, she didn't do very well there, so then she became a CNN correspondent. Uh, and then as a CNN correspondent, she actually gave one of the presidential debate questions to Hillary Clinton, which was uh, not allowed, so she had to resign in disgrace. Then she became a Fox News correspondent after that. Uh, well, here she's back. She just comes back. It's, it's like Freddy Krueger, you gotta bury the bones. She's back and uh, yeah, she's also trying to scare the hell out of you over Ron DeSantis because apparently she wants her children to be taught about racism and chopping genitals off videotape. But Ron DeSantis is running on a, a 1950s America, not a 2050 America, America of the future. So I think Joe Biden will have a real good advantage going into the 2024. And now I should. Joe Biden will not have an advantage. Well, I understand you guys will do everything possible to give him an advantage, but he won't even know what year it is in 2024. Ron DeSantis. Look, you know, it's funny, when, when we were going through this clip, I was thinking, does Ron DeSantis want to take us back to 1950s America? What does that mean? Well, first off, the way she's framing it, of course, that's not what he wants to take, him, take America back to. The way she's framing it, the implication is when America was truly racist and homophobic and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but in another framing of that, you could say maybe we should go a little bit backwards. We're always going forwards. Progressives are always taking us forward. But progress for the sake of progress isn't good. Progress for the sake of equality is good, but you don't wanna always just progress no matter what. Sometimes you're progressing and you're going real fast and you're progressing and then you realize, oh, the road ends and it goes off a cliff. That's basically what they're trying to do to us right now. Uh, I would say that in 1950s America for the flaws that we had, and we certainly had things that we needed to take care of and Civil Rights Act and a whole bunch of other things, and we did get more equality over the years and marriage equality and things of that nature, but we weren't suffering from this mass delusion of lunacy that boys are girls and girls are boys, and it was not being taught uh, in mainstream America that racism was okay, even really even in the 50s, maybe in some places in the South. But it was, it was not part of the culture. And again, we fought a war fairly close to our founding to end slavery, but these, these hucksters and grifters, it never ends. But now there's another piece of this that's really interesting. So the mainstream media is attacking DeSantis relentlessly. And now Donald Trump, 
is back attacking DeSantis direct, uh, relentlessly. So who do you think the real threat is? Notice if you watched any of the Sunday shows, and I, I hope you didn't, we try to recap them here for you so that you can get out there on a Sunday and maybe go to the farmer's market and watch your kid play soccer. Uh, but the, all of the Sunday shows, they were all focused on DeSantis. And last week, remember Trump relentlessly going after DeSantis. A New York attorney general is going, or a New York DA, district attorney, is going after Trump saying he's gonna put him in jail, which of course didn't happen. And the, Trump's whole attack was on DeSantis. Well, now you've got mainstream media going after DeSantis, lying about the bills and all of that stuff. Uh, and now Trump, uh, over the weekend, gave his first big rally in a while. He was in Waco, Texas, which is certainly Trump country. That is red, 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 red meat uh, Trump area. Uh, he went to Texas and he was given a speech and he went after DeSantis, uh, but it kind of fell flat with the audience. Listen to that. You can basically hear a pin drop here and I don't think he was getting the response he wanted. Long before this guy became governor, Florida was tremendously successful under Rick Scott. He was, oh, I, look, whether you like him or not, Charlie Crist, it was very successful. He was a Republican at the time. But Florida's been successful for decades. In fact, probably as or more successful than it is now. Yeah. Donald, I like you. I voted for you. We'll do a sit down again and discuss this stuff. But no, Florida is way more successful now than ever. It certainly is more red than ever. 20 point win for DeSantis, supermajority for the Republicans on both sides. Uh, 1,200 people moving in a day, massive infrastructure projects being moved up, 20 year projects that are now happening in seven years because of the influx of people, all time low crime, all time low unemployment. Like it's, it's happening here. You don't have to lie to do this. There is a case to be made for you, Donald Trump. But you could feel it in that crowd. They don't like it either. They, yes, they love Trump. They love Trump. Will these people go to the ends of earth for Trump? Probably. Will they vote for Trump no matter what? Probably. But you can feel it. There, the, the, I think what Trump is, is not understanding right now is there is a path for you. There's certainly a path for him. He has the base of the base. That may be all you need to win in a primary. But to try to take out the guy who not only is the best governor in the United States, but then could kind of lie like, oh, it was always so great in Florida. Florida was red, then it was blue, then it was purple, then it was blue again, then it was red. Like it's happening in Florida. Florida was the joke of America for most of my life. Like that's where people, old people go to die. That was, that was it, right? Del Boca Vista. And now Florida is, the entire tech sector moved from Silicon Valley to Miami. Like there is something so incredible happening there. Uh, and. It's like people are not buying that. I think that's a real mistake. And the thing is, when, when you're lying about it and they know you're lying, it's like we can just very easily find video of you saying how great Florida is. Here's Trump in 2020 while in Erie, Pennsylvania, saying that Pennsylvania should be more like, you're not gonna believe it, yeah, Florida. Even open yet. What the hell is going on with your state? You know, Florida's open, all this. Florida had a surge, great governor, surge, went down. Yeah, that's true. And guess who was the governor at the time? It was Ron DeSantis. He's saying, what the hell's going on up here, Pennsylvania? You should be more like Florida. You got a great governor down there. A governor that he endorsed two times, including just a couple months ago. And now he's making up all these nonsensical, well, the silly nicknames, like none of it's working. 
But so now you've got the mainstream media, right? Corporate press, ABC, CBS, MSNBC, all of that going in on DeSantis. You've got Trump who is only focused on DeSantis. What I'm trying to show you here is when they're, when everyone's going after somebody, maybe that's the guy that they fear, right? Nobody's going after Trump anymore. That's just reality, okay? Uh, but it's not just that. This was a really, really weird moment on Fox News. So for those of you that think Fox News is in the tank for DeSantis and trying to take out uh, uh, Donald Trump, listen to this moment. So here's a, a guy, his name's Mark Simone, he's a radio host. He completely makes up what he's about to say here. I want you to listen to what he's saying. He's asked about who's running DeSantis's campaign. Listen to the way he says it, the actual full words that are coming out of his mouth, the way he's laughing as he says it, and it's n none of it's definitive. I've already painted this too much for you, but just take a look. He's not great as far as campaign skills. He may get there, but he doesn't have them mm -hmm. yet. Uh, and I, who's I, running his campaign? The Bushes are all tangled up with him. Uh, Bush, that can raise him a billion dollars and get him all kinds of money. The Jeb Bush, Bush. Jeb Bush. George Bush. Yeah, they're great. Carl Rove involved. Carl Rove will he, be the... Carl Rove is involved. I assume he'll be the coach on the field. I think he is. But do you know that he's been advising DeSantis? He's been... Uh, did you catch any of that? Like, he just made it up. He didn't say any of those... Th who, who's running it? The Bushes? Uh, Jeb Bush? Blah, 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 blah. There, there is literally no evidence. If evidence comes out at some point that George W. Bush and Jeb Bush are running the campaign. Yeah, Jeb Bush was governor of Florida. Uh, Jeb Bush was at the inauguration. Uh, and I suspect they're friendly to some extent and that's okay. Uh, also, Ron DeSantis hasn't even freaking declared. So this guy pretending that he knows who's running the campaign, which would be illegal uh, against Florida law, like it's just complete nonsense. And then Carl, yeah, Carl Rove, like they just say things. The, that guy should not be allowed. He should, someone at Fox, an executive at Fox should say, did you just make that up? Did, do you know for a fact that the Bushes and Karl Rove are running his campaign that he has not announced yet? And if the answer is no, he should never be allowed on Fox again. So, you know, I go on Fox a lot, but like none of this, none of this, whether it's people or networks is above uh, criticism. But the other thing that's been happening over the last couple of days, and you really saw this after the, the DA in New York, Alvin Bragg, went after Trump. So he's going after DeSantis, relentlessly going after DeSantis. And it's like, man, shouldn't you be focused on the DA that's trying to take you to jail? Which of course did not happen, right? It was supposed to happen last Tuesday. It did not happen at all. And it's, and it's just not gonna happen. I, I, I suppose at this point, there's still some tiny chance, but it does not look like it's gonna happen. And again, it should not happen. And it's a total uh, farce and all of that stuff. As Trump was aiming all of his fire at DeSantis, the new thing that he keeps saying is that DeSantis is a rhino and a globalist. Now, first off, if a rhino and a globalist is a guy who opens up the state, who keeps uh, taxes low, who gets wokeism out of school, who's fighting ESG with 19 other states and doing all of the things right that DeSantis is doing, then I think we're all rhinos and globalists. Now I have a whole other, it's usually media matters that clips me out of context, but that's gonna be the, uh, the MAGA people. Um, he's doing everything right here, everyone knows it. But Trump is also trying to pin him on the Carl Roves and the Paul Ryans and the George Soroses, because you know there's nothing like Carl Rove and Paul Ryan and George Soros, like you gotta put a freaking crazy puzzle together. But everyone has Twitter, and over the weekend a bunch of tweets came out. You might find this one interesting from Trump in June of 2016. So great to have the endorsement and support of Paul Ryan 
we will both be working very hard to make America great again. And then, of course, in April of 2018, Speaker Paul Ryan is a truly good man, and while he will not be seeking re-election, he will leave a legacy of achievement that nobody can question. We are with you, Paul. So this is, once again, somebody that Trump used to say all these great things about is now number one enemy, and we're trying to pin him somehow onto DeSantis. And it's like, come on, this stuff doesn't work. Again, Donnie, make the case for yourself. Make an honest case for yourself without name calling. Say, I am, I am more suited to the job. I am up to the job in a way that Ron DeSantis is not. You could say he's been a damn good governor, but he doesn't have the full skill set, the full array of things that you need to be president. I did it once. I believe they stole it from me the second time. I'll do it again. Like, make your case. But if your case is, oh yeah, Florida was great before this guy. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's, he's a swamp creature because he's in it with Karlov and Paul Ryan. I just don't think that's the case, guys. I, I, are my feelings on this clear? Uh, but the point is, we all share an enemy, right? Like tr Trump, this is the other reason that the fighting is unnecessary and why I think DeSantis, whether he's running or not, is doing a nice job by mostly ignoring it. Trump is not the enemy. DeSantis is not the enemy if you love freedom, okay? If you love freedom and you love America and you love transparency as opposed to transsexuality, which I actually don't have a problem with if you're an adult, but that, okay, fine. Uh, we share an enemy, guys, and the enemy is the swamp, right? The enemy, I'm in D.C. right now, the enemy is the ever-existing political state that regardless of who gets into power, it seems to always grow and always want more and never do anything for us, but will protect borders halfway across the world and all of these things. So you know what I'm here to do over the next couple of days? I am here to ask every single politician that I sit down with, and again, only Republicans have agreed to do it. What are you going to do to fix DC? What are you gonna to do to sh shut down the people that always want more, that just want more, and it has very little to do with anyone's, make, anyone's life being made better? One of those people would be a former uh, Massachusetts senator, former presidential candidate, former secretary of state, John Kerry. Uh, John Kerry, who also, as you know, married into big ketchup money. He married uh, Teresa Hines. So he's a Hines Kerry. He's got all the ketchup cash, and there's a lot. And uh, it also put a lot of high fructose corn syrup into everyone's diet, but okay, fine. Uh, here's John Kerry saying that the Biden administration has way more stuff to do when it comes to climate, and he's going to do it by executive action. He doesn't care. He must stop the wind from blowing. Well, we're doing a lot more than just the IRA. The IRA is a package that in and of itself could get the 40%. But in addition to that, the president is issuing executive orders. There'll be uh, changes on automobile, on light truck, heavy truck, heavy duty, a number of initiatives that are being taken by states, subnational uh, cities. They really kept us in the game, frankly, during the Trump administration when he pulled out of the agreement. But we 75% of the new electricity of the, uh, that came online during the Trump administration came from renewable resources. So we have a lot of other options, tools, if you will, in the toolkit besides the IRA. I think he accidentally paid Trump uh, a compliment there. We pulled out of the 
Paris Climate Accords and yet 75% of our new energy was coming from renewables. That seems a little bit odd considering you call him Orange Hitler. Uh, but do you see, uh, to link this to something earlier, AOC was talking about fascism, right? And fascism, you guys know this, AOC doesn't, but I would try to explain it to her if she'll sit down with me here. Uh, fascism is when corporations and the government are working together against you, the individual. That's kind of the simplest version of what fascism is, right? Fascism is exactly what John Kerry is trying to push in alongside Joe Biden. They want to get industries. They want to use the pressure of the government to get industries to do exactly what they want when it comes to automobiles and light truck. And then he said cities. I don't know what, what are we going to be doing in cities. They will regulate the high hell out of everything. And by the way, it's not even in the president's jurisdiction to do this stuff. That's why they're doing it all by executive action. And this is, seems to be the way we get governed now. The president comes in, he signs a whole bunch of things. The next president comes in, he reverses those things. The next guy comes in, he does them all over again and rinse and repeat and over and over and over and over. Uh, the, uh, the questioner, the interviewer uh, also asked John Kerry about uh, Davos and the private jets and all the fancy meat that they eat and all that stuff. And here's just general gobbledygook by John Kerry. Private aviation is, is an example of something where people are starting to pay more attention. And um, but when, uh, you know, people who go to Davos to talk about climate change fly private, it seems like they don't want to make. Um, well, they actually I've talked to them about it. They offset. They yeah. buy offsets, they offset, and they are working harder than most people I know to be able to try to affect this transition. Right. Oh, that is horse shit, you horse-faced buffoon. He looks like a horse, doesn't he? Something, he I always say he looks like a tree. Who are the trees in uh, Lord of the Rings again? Ent. 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 Ent is the name of a tree, or it was all, they were all trees? It's the type of species. Thank you. This is... Connor's nailing it today in a new studio. He doesn't forget any of his Lord of the Rings references. He looks like an ant. The man is becoming a tree. He's so into green stuff, he's actually becoming a tree. But he also looks a little bit like a horse. But putting all that aside, uh, carbon offsets. This is exactly the same stuff that Bill Gates does. Bill Gates buys all the farmland, doesn't want you to eat meat. They don't want you to fly on a plane. They fly on their planes. If you think for one second that John Kerry or Leonardo DiCaprio or Bill Gates or any of these people will ever give up their luxuries, you are crazy. They will never give them up. And not only that, and I've been around some pretty wealthy people, you have no idea the level of wealth that these, ha these people have and the things they can get away with. And if you think that, that Bill Gates during COVID, he had all of his servants masked up, I'm sure, while he lived however he wanted. It is for, it is just a way of controlling you. We have carbon offsets, they pay their, ah, bullshit. Anyway, um, another thing that's going on right now, speaking of uh, strange governmental authority, is there's been some congressional hearings on TikTok. Now, we have known for I would say at least two years, it has been basically known by pretty much everyone in government that TikTok is a Chinese spy app. When you download TikTok onto your phone, they've got access to all of your stuff. Okay, we've known this forever. And yet, for some reason, we allow it. It's a little bizarre. I do not have the TikTok on my phone. Uh, well, the CEO of TikTok was testifying uh, in front of Congress over the last couple of days. And uh, this is a pretty great, there's a lot of great moments here, but this is a pretty great moment. He actually won't even say if the Chinese government has anything to do with any of this. Can you guarantee that no one at ByteDance had a role in preparing you for today's hearing? Like I said, Congressman, this is a high profile hearing. A lot of people around the world were sending me wishes and 
unsolicited advice, but I prepared for this hearing with my team here in D.C. Yeah, so he prepared for it. It has nothing to do with the government or the government spyware, which we know is on there, et cetera, et cetera. It just doesn't end. Now, it's interesting what's going on with TikTok because there do seem to be Republicans and Democrats that want to get rid of TikTok. Now, one theory that I'm hearing lately, I hadn't really thought about this, but a few people have said it. I think Elon Musk even uh, subtweeted someone on this, is that one of the reasons that the government, that we're getting Republicans and Democrats to agree on something when they never agree on anything, is that right now, if you remove TikTok from the equation, the government basically has Facebook, the government has YouTube, the government has Snapchat, et cetera, et cetera. The government doesn't have Twitter anymore, at least to the degree it did because Elon has taken over. But TikTok as Chinese spyware gets all of our data to China, meaning the US government is cut out of the equation here and that's what the government's not happy about. That's why Democrats and Republicans are pissed about it. If the US government was in cahoots here with China, they'd be thrilled that they were just getting more information off everybody. But since we started with AOC, we're also going to be ending the show with AOC. I got a couple more things for you, but watch this one. This is just, this is just great. AOC is very concerned about losing TikTok. She TikToks a lot. So you have a congresswoman, a sitting congresswoman who's using Chinese spyware on her phone. Do you think there's an issue there? And uh, here she very thoughtfully, as AOC often does, explains why she doesn't want TikTok to be banned. So why would we be proposing a ban regarding such a significant issue without being clued in on this at all? It just doesn't feel right to me. And additionally, this case needs to be made to the public. We are a government by the people and for the people. And if we want to make a decision as significant as banning TikTok, and we believe or someone believes that there's really important information that the public deserves to know about why such a decision would be justified, that information should be shared with the public as well. Yeah, lady, I get you feel that it shouldn't, but this is what we're doing. We're exposing the spying. These people are, are, what, what did we all do spiritually to end up in a world with them? How did we all end up here with these people? Uh, here's AOC doing a commercial for RuPaul's Drag Race. It's only 10 seconds, and I don't even know exactly why we threw it into today's show, but it just felt right. Join the revolution. I'm Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and I pledge allegiance to the drag. I'm Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and I pledge allegiance to the drag. Ugh, gross. All right. We'll end you strong though, guys, here from DC. We didn't want to end you. You didn't think we were going to end you with AOC. Of course not. Uh, actually, we thought we'd end you with this Trump and DeSantis situation because I just want to be clear again. Right now, what the Republicans have is a good crop of people. I'm a little frustrated with Trump's behavior. I am, obviously. I voted for the guy, might vote for him again. Obviously, my thoughts on DeSantis and his competency and clarity and vision are clear. I really like Vivek. Actually, I think today they are releasing, Vivek has a new podcast out, I'm his first guest, and we debate everything, and we disagree on a whole bunch of stuff, tactics, policy, a bunch more. We agree on a lot too, uh, but hopefully they get that out today. I like Nikki Haley, had her on the show last week. And whether you like these people or don't like these people, so far what we've got are people that have resumes that it is worth them being involved, right? That's the thing. Trump, 
there's a resume there, right? DeSantis, here's what I've done. Nikki Haley, former South Carolina governor, former US ambassador to the UN, Vivek, major VC guy, has raised hundreds of millions of dollars, understands economics. This is a good crop of people. But the question is how will it all shake out and will, will there be mutually assured destruction? I'm gonna do my damnedest to make sure that there isn't, but I am gonna call out the bad actions when, when I see them. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna do my best to do that. Uh, here is uh, Governor DeSantis being asked if he would be VP in a Trump administration. Would you be willing to serve as vice president with Donald Trump? I think I'm probably, um, you know, more of, a, uh, of an executive guy. I mean, I think that you want to be able to do things. That's part of the reason I got in. I got into uh, this job is because we we have action. We're able to make things happen, and I think that's probably what I'm best suited for. I think that's probably true. And, and wherever you fall on this Trump-DeSantis divide, if, if you have a strong feeling about it one way or another, I think it's pretty clear. You know, I see a lot of people being like, why don't they just join forces and, and just take the ticket together and basically forget the primaries, just like that's the winning ticket, blah, blah. I just don't see how that could happen, unfortunately. And that's also why, why it was really unfortunate that Trump went so all in on you know the dis, you know implying that he cheats on his wife and he might be gay and that he's a rhino and a glo like all of this stuff it's like come on and pre pretending that he hasn't done great things in Florida make your case man make your case that's my case to you Donald J Trump on that note guys we got a whole bunch of interviews today tomorrow we are going to be at the Capitol I am doing a live show with Kevin McCarthy at the Capitol. Uh, we have about 100 members of the locals community that will be joining us for that live interview and they're going to ask some questions themselves. Uh, and then we're taking tours of the Capitol and I'm going to jump on everybody's tour and we'll wander around the Capitol. Going to be great. I'm going to wander around the mall a little bit. Tomorrow night we've got a meetup here in D.C. with our locals community, uh, which if you want to join us for that, you can go to rubenreport.locals.com and, and for subscribers only, we'll uh, release the location on that one if you want to have a drink, hang out, see what's what. My full interview with Nikki Haley, who we were just talking about, is up right now across platforms. Uh, we leave you with a cold close and then we do have a post-game show. I am confirmed that we do have a post-game show from D.C. in about 32 seconds. Adios. The District Attorney of New York under the auspices and direction of the Department of Injustice in Washington, D.C. was investigating me for something that is not a crime, not a misdemeanor, not an affair. I never liked horse face, I never liked it. I never, it's just not, it's a terrible thing. That wouldn't be the one. There is no one. We have a great first lady. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.